What's happening, everybody? My name is Anthony Carrenti, and as always, thank you for checking out the Dynasty Drive. Don't want to spend too long on an intro today because we have a pretty good episode coming your way. Had a about a half hour or so conversation with a good friend of mine, Mr. Joey Seagraves. Joey is somebody whose opinion on sports in general, but especially in fantasy sports and more specifically in fantasy football and dynasty leagues in particular, uh, I very much so do value his opinion. He's a very smart guy, very bright guy, uh, has a lot of good takes, I think, and a lot of good opinions and analysis on uh, specific players and just kind of strategy behind fantasy sports in general. So before we get into that, just touch on the quick usual stuff. Uh, please, if you're into the show, share it with your friends, rate, review five star. Or rate five stars if you can have time or if you do have time and can leave a review please that stuff is awesome uh subscribe to the podcast follow us on all our social media accounts so on instagram we're at the dynasty drive on twitter at dynasty drive like the show on facebook please call in leave any voicemails that you have 570-580-0694 again 570-580-0694 and we're going to get into some more mailbag type episodes, I guess, where we answer questions that we get on any of the social media accounts or sent to me on Reddit uh, or left for voicemails. And we'll play through some of those on the show in the next couple weeks here. But uh, we're going to get into the conversation that I had with Joey. It's about a half hour or so. I guess the best kind of broad scope term to use on it is it's about breakout players, but not I don't want to necessarily just say breakouts because sure, there's some of the less heralded guys, I guess, that we could label true breakouts. Uh, But I also think there's a lot of players that we could look at just in the sense that maybe they were very good, but they're we're expecting them to take that next step to elite, uh, maybe players that even though they're more well-known, we'd still be willing to buy those players now in dynasty leagues based on long-term outlook. So for the sake of simplicity, we'll call it breakouts, a uh, good conversation with Joey regarding breakout players. And we're going to get into that right now. All right. We're joined with, or joined by Joey C. Graves. Joey, thank you for hanging out with me tonight. We're going to talk players for sure. We're going to talk players that we think are going to break out and players to potentially buy in on in Dynasty. And uh, like I told you before, I'm going to start with my homer pick. We've each got, I think, five guys that we're going to go over, but uh, I'm going to start with the one guy to get my homer Jets pick out of the way, and it's Chris Herndon. And I love Chris Herndon for a lot of reasons. Um, First of which, rookie tight ends, long history of producing less than eye-popping numbers in the NFL. But in his rookie season two years ago, had 39 catches for 502 yards and four touchdowns. Uh, Probably more important than the stat line itself to me is the fact that him and Darnold uh, showed kind of an undeniable chemistry, especially on plays where Sam went off script and improvised, uh, which I think is still where he kind of thrives as a quarterback. Um, last year was a waste. You know, he started out suspended and then got hurt as soon as he was not suspended. He literally caught one pass for seven yards. But that's why I think you can get him cheap. Like somebody's probably no. maybe holding him at the end of their bench. Uh, but I think you can pretty much get him for almost nothing. And I think there's a very real chance uh, that he's a focal point in the Jets passing offense this year. I think Jameson Crowder probably leads them in receiving yards, but. I can definitely see Herndon being right behind him uh, and, you know, finishing in that 700, 800 yards receiving, which I'll take from a cheap tight end every day of the week. 
Yeah, and I think what it really comes down to, too, is Darnold just loves the tight end. 100%. He, he absolutely, especially in the red zone. So he loves that safety blanket. And um, I've been really high on him as well. I was kind of bummed in a, in a couple of my leagues. I ended up letting him go um, with the whole last year and the suspension and stuff like that. Yeah. But I think top 10 talent. Uh, easily. Oh, I agree. I agree yeah. for sure. Who do you, who but, do you uh, got? Who do you want to talk about? All right. All right. We'll, we'll kick it off. Well, and it, this is kind of no secret, but I think uh, DJ Moore, this is the year. I think he goes from, you know, probably, I think a, a steal in round two to a, to a top, a top five player in his position. Um, the touchdowns are coming. Like, oh, yeah. don't worry. Don't worry, everybody. You know, 135 targets and just four TDs. I expect double-digit touchdowns for sure. Um, you know, the, the quarterback is, is improved. Although I, I, like, um, I like some surrounding players. You know, the loss of Greg Olson is there. there there's, some, there's some competition there, but there was competition last year, and he still got 135 targets. Um, he also um, – He had a – he, he produced with, like, the worst – possible quarterback it, it's, amazing, it's amazing what he really did with, with yeah. such an awful situation I mean this year you know I would I expect over 100 catches double digit TDs I also really think that that uh that team in general is going to kind of be chasing points mm-hmm. especially in that division with the Bucks, with the with the, the Falcons the Saints high-powered offenses so um I I really think I mean this is the year he ta- he goes to that next level and we're talking about him next year in the first round easily. I think he's also a great fit with what Teddy does at quarterback. Like, yeah, DJ Moore, I think, can win deep. But I think he's a guy, too, that, you know, Teddy loves the short intermediate stuff. And DJ Moore, I love DJ Moore in that, like, Odell Beckham, like, okay, I'll take an eight-yard slant and, you know, take it the other 60. Yeah, on my own. just take like, it to the house. <laughs> yeah, just give me the ball. I have early and often professed my love for DJ Moore. Every, I think yeah. every – the secret's I, out. <laughs> and and the, the sad thing is, I do too, and I own no DJ Moore. Like, it's so, <laughs> yeah. it's so upsetting. Yeah. Joey I mean, and I play in our main dynasty league together, and I will never trade him DJ Moore out of spite. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Last year's the year I thought, like, okay, his quarterback, you know, he's going to regress. This is the year I'll get him. No, he just, you know, still <laughs> produces and um, – just, uh, just, just trust me, because even if he has the same year with, you know, I expect 10, 12 TDs, um, it's it's coming. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. I do want to uh, – I have a wide receiver, a couple wide receivers, but one I want to talk about that I feel like is kind of getting forgotten even after a good year, but Michael Gallup is a guy that I am buying still long-term, uh, even if it's not in Dallas. He had 1,100 yards receiving and six touchdowns last year, and I don't really see any reason that it goes down. I, I know they drafted C.D. Lamb, uh, but Randall Cobb or the corpse of Randall Cobb had 83 targets in that offense last yeah. year. And whatever – I don't have the exact number in front of me, but whatever Jason Witten had as well, and I just don't think you know Blake Jarwin takes all those targets from those two guys. Uh, but I think it's for sure realistic that Lamb, Gallup, Cooper can all coexist in that offense. Uh, proven quarterback, explosive offense that I pretty much want shares of the Cowboys offense almost anywhere I can get it, uh, especially in the passing game. And I think that it's another person or another player that 
the current Michael Gallup owner might be a little turned off given the CD lamb addition and given, you know, uh, how long is he going to stick around in Dallas? But I would trade for Michael Gallup, even expecting him to not be in Dallas. Cause I think if he hits free agency, someone's investing big money in a young receiver that just went 66 for 1107 and six touchdowns in his, you know, uh, second year. I think it was his second year in the league. Yeah. But yeah, I would for sure trade for Michael Gallup. Um, I think that he's still, I think the numbers go up from last year to this year. I think he probably puts up 1200 yards receiving and I think could go, you know, eight to 10 touchdowns. And I think, I think the future is bright for Gallup for sure. Yeah, I absolutely agree. Um, and I think the, I, I don't think, I think Lamb will get his too, but I wouldn't worry. I think they know they have Cooper and Gallup um, as a great focal. And an interesting stat, um, Amari Cooper tends to not have very great games against Darius Slay. One of the reasons I think mm. was a big selling point for Philadelphia to go get Slay. So if it's any consolation, I think two games against the Eagles. Two blow-up Michael Gallup games. Blow-up games. 180, <laughs> two TDs. Get ready. So I love it. I love it. If that, yeah, you know, just to throw that out there. Fantastic. But Who else definitely you got? agree and a good buy low. All right, I'll jump on to a uh, to a running back now since we're um, uh, we've got a couple of receivers out of the way. Uh, Joe Mixon, I know um, it's it's been a little bit. We've been kind of waiting on him. Uh, I think this is the year. I think he's you know had a little bit of bad luck with the surrounding uh, cast there, but I think this is the year it, it, it happens. I expect the. Um, receptions to come up a little bit too just 35 catches I, I think that can be improved a little bit in a, a Zach Taylor offense um, and I'm a big believer in guys that kind of you know ended the season well the year before I, I know a lot of might not think it translates you, you see it happen a lot of times with teams that you know they might not make the playoffs but they go on a four-day game winning streak to end the year the next year you know they're uh, 12 and four or something like that um, I'm a big believer in that, and he did down the stretch play really well. I know Burroughs will, you know, have his struggles, but I, he's still an upgrade. He's got to be an upgrade. Yeah, um, I agree. You know, and I, I really think Zach Taylor could kind of find that Todd Gurley type role uh, with Mixon, you know, coming over from L.A. Um, I, I, I just first I think year, it's coming. In his first year, he was so valuable because of the passing work. And then it was like, there wasn't a ton of it last year, but I think he could definitely be like in that, you know, that huge girly year a couple of years ago, uh, where just like, you know, absolute focal point of the run game, but, you know, super involved in the pass game as well. I think yeah. honestly, I, I kind of low key think the Bengals are going to be an explosive offense. Like, I I'm really starting to come yeah, around on that. I, th I think AJ Green's going to come back strong. Yeah. Um, I just, I, I really, and it's always that one team that, you know, kind of comes out of nowhere each year yeah you know I, I think and hey they might not win a lot of games but I, I think offensively you know another team too that could hurt Mixon is they could be chasing points but um, I, I do think he'll get a, a little bit more involved in them I think 35 receptions he can only go up from there and then again I think double digit TDs are coming yeah um, but I, think I, I just kind of kind of I think he takes that kind of leap into like locked and loaded RB1, like finishes yeah. as a top you 10 running back. You don't have to back. worry, matchup, you know, you don't have to worry with the matchup. He's in your lineup. Um, but yeah, who do, you, who do you got next? 
I have a I'll – th- I'll talk about a running back, a guy that was kind of putrid last year, but I'm still in on him. I'm going to die on the hill. David Montgomery. I feel bad ever saying that I want to buy a running back that averaged 3.7 yards per carry and under 1,000 yards rushing. Uh, but I don't know. I still think David Montgomery is the real deal. Um, I loved him coming out of Iowa State. I thought he was a complete back who showed a ton of contact balance and patience and honestly reminded me a lot of Kareem Hunt. Um, and I still think he's going to get pretty much all of the opportunity. I'm not worried about Tariq Cohen, you know, taking carries or anything like that. He'll be involved in the pass game a little, I'm sure. But he had 242 carries last year. And I think that's the floor. I think he's getting at least 250, 260 this year. He finished as the RB25 and half point PPR last year. So just outside like RB2 territory. But I think that he probably, I could see him finishing in like that 15 to 18 range this year. But I think as somebody that you could still probably get cheaper than you should be able to. Like if somebody spent a top three rookie pick on him last year, I'm absolutely sending the, if I, if I would need a running back and I had the draft capital, I'm sending like a package offer of, a second round rookie pick this year and a player, but I'd probably, I don't know, personally, I'd still trade probably a late first rounder this year for Montgomery. If I, if I had a pick and the need at running back, I think that, I think we kind of move on from that kind of garbagey year that he had last year, but he's still going to get all the work in that offense and he can't be worse than 3.7 yards per carry. He can't be. <laughs> and I don't think that's who he is as a player. I think that he has a good year and gets everybody excited about him again, long-term in dynasty. Yeah, I, I couldn't agree more with that. I mean, w- really, he's kind of like, what do you got to lose? Like you said, if you're, if you're, you can probably buy kind of low on him. And I mean, it, and I agree, I, you could probably even giving up a first for where he was going last year. And even if you're doing a startup dynasty draft, um, you know, you can, you can probably get, you can only almost get your, your studs early. Mm-hmm. And, you know, still bank on him a little bit later. And yeah, probably snagging like fairly said, late. His, vol- his volume's only going up. There's just no yeah. way, like, you know, barring injury, he's getting more carries, he's getting more work, you know. And I, I think regardless I, of whether it's, you know, Mitch Trubisky or Foles, I mean, he's running the ball. Either like, way. Yeah. yeah. I don't think, yeah. It, it doesn't matter. He's getting the ball. That's for sure. Uh, who else you got? All right, so let's go into um, Mr. Uh, Calvin Ridley. I'm going to go Oh, with. yeah. Yeah, th- this is a fun one. And another one that, you know, no big secret. But, again, I think this is where, you know, he makes that jump again. Um, and then we're, we're talking about, like, a top five in his position in a year. Um, I Oof, know that's spicy. I like it. Yeah. It's, it's <laughs> you know, it's big, but I, I think, I think the torch has to be passed soon. We saw, yeah, we I saw agree. with Roddy White, the Julio. Mm-hmm. Um, I know a lot of it was um, when Sanu left and, um, and there was actually a couple of games, even when Sanu left, he kind of was just so, so, um, but now Sanu and, and um, Austin Hooper are gone. And I really think that's where he can make the jump. And let's be honest, too, um, Julio doesn't catch touchdowns, as great as he is. <laughs> yeah, it's he so strange. Does, it's, so, it's so upsetting, but he just doesn't. So I really think Ridley it breaks my heart advantage. every year. <laughs> and um, when um, Sanu and Hooper were off the field, 
he jumped up two extra targets a game. He went from 6.3 to 8.2. Mm-hmm. So I think with already having 93 targets, I think he becomes that 120 target guy. Um, another team, again, in that division could be chasing points. Um, and I, I expect double-digit TDs. Um, and the Falcons are just, you know, a high-powered offense. Uh, I, I just – again, no, no secret, but I think this is the year that, you know, he takes that jump and next year we're talking about him as, as, as a top player. Yeah, it does kind of feel like we're entering that same time like it did when Julio was, like, coming on strong after he first came in the league and Roddy White was still putting up, like, 1,200, 1,300 yards receiving. And I think that there was that year where they both, I think, went over – I think Julio finished like just under 1,200 yards and Roddy White was somewhere in that like 12 to 1,300 yard range. But I could definitely see Julio and Ridley uh, both being productive this year. But I do think that – I don't know. I, I hope Julio plays forever. I love watching Me Julio too. play. I, I wish that he would catch more touchdowns, but he's so <laughs> fun to watch. But it does feel like that shift is sort of inevitable. Yeah. I, I love Julio. And by no means does this mean Julio's having a down year because he won't. I just don't think he ever will. Yeah. Um, but, uh, yeah, it's just an interesting dynamic with him and, and the touchdowns. But I just think it's more about volume in that offense. And, um, again, without Sanu and, and Hooper, he's got a great opportunity. Yeah. I have another running back that is young, second-year guy that I don't think is going to be, like, super expensive, and it's Devin Singletary. It's another guy that I think – the current owner of Devin Singletary might be a little down on Buffalo adding Zach Moss. But I think Buffalo is going to run the ball like an obscene amount, like like Baltimore last year. Like it's just going to be – I think that there's going to be – I think Zach Moss is going to be valuable. I think Devin Singletary is going to be valuable. I think Josh Allen running the ball is going to be valuable. I just think it could be a very strong running game all around. Uh, I think it pretty much ends up close to a 50-50 split in Buffalo between Moss and Singletary. Um, Moss, I guess, could – I would expect him to vulture most of the goal line opportunity, but I still expect Singletary to be very involved. Uh, the carry number wasn't huge last year, but he averaged 5.1 yards per carry. Uh, the efficiency was definitely there. I think he just needs to see a continued increase in usage. And like I said, I think Buffalo is going to give both backs every opportunity to run the ball. I think it's the smartest thing they can do to kind of supplement the talent, supplement the passing game with Josh Allen. Uh, but I think he's another guy that's not going to be – it's not like – I don't think most people were taking him super early in rookie drafts last year. It's not like anybody was taking him top three like they were David Montgomery. Uh, so you might be able to get Singletary pretty cheap. And I think he probably ends up as a, a solid RB2. I don't think he's a guy that's going to, you know, be a top ten running back this year or anything. But I think there's a decent amount of years ahead where he's – you know, a solid contributor in that RB2 range. And you need RB2s. They can't all be RB1s. <laughs> yeah, you can't have – yeah. And, <laughs> in an know, ideal world, they'd all be RB1s. <laughs> they'd all be RB1s, but you got to have – yeah, and I, I I love him as a player. I think it's it's his job to lose, even with Zach uh, there, you know, Zach Moss there. But um, I, I just think he's going to be – he's going to be the guy. He's kind of a do-it-all kind of player. Um, it's going to do a lot of good stuff there. And like I, another going back to it, he can, you know, it can almost be, you can buy low, maybe um, you could even, or not buy low, but try to like, you know, maybe a, somebody a little bit older that you can kind of swing for, or again, even if you're doing a dynasty startup, 
he's another guy where him and Montgomery, you can, if you can get them and get your yeah. like studs, you know, yeah. you're, you're in good, good shape. I would feel um, great if I was doing like a startup draft and I could nag, uh, snag those guys like a few rounds later and stock yeah. up on like loaded wide receiver talent early where I can, you know, stack like DJ Moore and, you know, so, like somebody else in the early second round or something like that and have absolute like studs that I feel good about long term at wide mm-hmm. out and then add a couple young running backs like that and just kind of, I don't know, in Dynasty, I feel like if I can have some of those solid running backs and then just kind of continuously replace them with guys that I feel good about as rookies, kind of like the NFL does. Like, I mean, who is really good for, you know, five, six, seven, eight years at running back anymore? It feels like you got to kind of yeah. strike when the iron's hot, when the guy's That's good, the thing. find the next guy. Um, yeah. Who do you, how many do you have left? One or two? Two more. Um, right, what do you got? Well, and leading, I'll just piggyback off of Ridley and I'll go into Hayden Hurst. Um, All right. Taking over for Hooper. So everything I said about Hooper, Ridley, because Hooper's gone, <laughs> and Ridley's going to blow up. Just forget about it. No. Um, I do think, I think Hayden Hurst will be really good. I don't think he'll quite be Hooper, but um, I think a guy that you can get late, um, again, high-powered offense, uh, kind of need that red zone threat. And, you know, the, the, the Falcons, and they gave up a second for him. So, they're, I mean, they're high on him. He's going to be in the, uh, featured in the offense. Um, and, again, they could also be chasing points some more that I kind of get back to. But I just think in that it, it's, it's kind of like a dream fit there for him to go there. Um, and I think they can all kind of get a little bit between him and Ridley and Julio will still get his. And uh, again, I don't think he'll be Hooper, but I believe where you can get him, the upside is just, is tremendous. And, you know, it, it, unless you have some of the, the, the top guys, it's, it's tough. Mm-hmm. And tight. We're all, we're all looking for that next Waller and yeah, sure. those types of guys, you know, Kittle. I do think it's nice that there's pretty much a, a history of like, Matt Ryan's going to target the tight end. I mean, he did yeah. it with Tony Gonzalez. He did it with Austin Hooper. Um, I definitely expect Hayden Hurst to be involved. Um, yeah, I, I like I, I kind of agree. I don't know if he'll necessarily be what Hooper was last year, but I definitely think he's going to be I – I definitely think he's going to be a tight end one. Like, I, I feel pretty confident in that. Like he, mm-hmm. He'll finish as a top 12 guy at the position, which I know it's like, well, if it's somewhere between tight end 7 and 12, it's kind of like – uh, anybody's guess which one of them is yeah. which but I do think he that offense is interesting because Matt, Matt Ryan's a lock for you know somewhere between four and five thousand yards passing so I, I there's plenty to go around for I think Julio Ridley and Austin Hooper as well or uh, Hayden Hurst not yeah. Austin Hooper <laughs> <laughs> old habits <laughs> yeah <laughs> uh, it's like still saying San Diego Chargers Oh man, I yeah. had to talk about the Raiders and it took everything in me to be like <laughs> the Las Vegas, Vegas. Raiders. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the channel everything. Yeah. The last guy that I have feels like the forgotten young wide receiver, uh, Hollywood Brown. I feel yeah. like all the hype around AJ Brown and DK Metcalf and is for sure warranted. Uh, but it kind of feels like we're forgetting about Hollywood, especially when, I mean, 
it was well known Hollywood was coming in last year hurt. Like he had the the foot injury in the pre-draft process. So I don't think anybody was really expecting him to be right last year. Um, he probably also gets knocked for being in such a run heavy offense, but while I, I still expect Baltimore to have an absolutely lethal running game, I do kind of expect an uptick in passing attempts for Lamar. I don't know if the passing offense will be as like hyper efficient as it was last year. Uh, but I think if Hollywood can stay healthy, he will for sure get more opportunities than the 71 targets he received last year. Um, Hayden Hurst, who we were just talking about, had 39 targets last year in that offense that those are up for grabs. And I don't really know besides Hollywood and Mark Andrews and, you know, whatever passing work goes to the running backs, like the rest of the wide receivers are kind of, that's a toss up. It's like, okay, Miles Boykin, Devin Duvernay, like, I don't think any one of them necessarily steps up and has like a huge year. Um, And it's also way too early for me to throw in the towel on a player who averaged over 17 yards per catch in his final year at Oklahoma and had over 1300 receiving yards. Like uh, it feels like this is a classic case of like, we're overthinking or forgetting how good Hollywood was at the end of that season. Um, And I don't know, I'm buying the Baltimore offense pretty much all of it. If another receiver steps up, I'm buying that receiver too, because I love that <laughs> offense and I want shares of anybody attached to Lamar. Uh, but I yeah. think Hollywood takes a big step forward this year. I agree, especially with his speed. And I think that they're such a lethal running attack, but I think, I think they can throw it too, um, especially the deep ball. Lamar's proven mm-hmm. he can do that. And um, I could definitely see him taking the jump this year and like you said it's funny how you forget about these guys another guy Mm -hmm. that you can you can buy low you can you can you can kind of wait for in a in a dynasty draft um it's just it's interesting like i love aj brown but i think the hype train might be starting to spiral out of control like i think he's an excellent player but i posted a poll on twitter the other day asking if people would rather have aj brown or kenny galladay and an overwhelming amount of people said A.J. Brown. It's what? crazy. Like, yeah. I also, it's like, even close, that offense I feel was like. very fun last year. But, okay, I've seen Kenny Galladay yeah. do it for, you know, multiple years. And I also trust Matt Stafford more than Ryan Tannehill. Um, but, yeah, I don't know. It just feels like Hollywood. And I love A.J. Brown and D.K. Metcalf and Terry McLaurin and a bunch of these receivers that were great as rookies last year. But – I mean, it's not like Hollywood was pretty much playing her and still had those few blow-up moments where you're like, oh, okay, Hollywood. (laughs) Yeah, and I I think Brown's going to be great, but I think because of the hype train, he's now going a little bit too high. So his ADPs, you know, where I'd be much – I'd much, you know, be fine with just waiting and getting a guy like Brown. 100%. You know, that'd be perfect. Who's your last guy? All right, so my last but not least, uh, Miles Sanders. Oh, yeah. Philadelphia Eagles. Um, could kind of go on a lot. Probably uh, my favorite breakout this year. I uh, know I went back to this before, but he's going to get more than three rushing touchdowns. So that's mm-hmm. coming. We kind of forget, um, you know, it was kind of the Jordan Howard show early, and Sanders still finished, you know, with um, – 818 yards, 4.6 average. 
uh, had had 50 receptions, which I actually think was kind of low in that offense. Mm-hmm. I think that's going to go up more targets. I know they still really like Boston Scott and Corey Clements there. And they still could go out and get another back. I could see them doing that. But I think, if anything, this kind of just shows what they believe in Sanders, that they kind of haven't gone another back. Um, and I kind of have some some crazy stats that he's put together. Um, Might have been my rookie of the year. But um, um, some of the uh, – oh, let's see here. Okay. Yeah, so he had only uh, seven plays. Only uh, seven players last year had um, 40 um, runs of 40 or more in the NFL. Mm-hmm. And um, he had two of them. Um, <laughs> yeah, so he actually uh, he actually had four of them. I was mistaken. He had two 50-yard-plus um, plays. But um, I kind of get excited talking about him. Yeah, so. I mean, he's <laughs> an exciting player. The only yeah, things I, that like worry me, and not even worry, it's not even worry me about him. Like I totally buy him as the player. I'm upset because I have zero shares. I have no Miles <laughs> Sanders. The most upsetting thing is I'm not gonna get any Miles Sanders because I'm not gonna. It feels like we all know he's about to be good, and I'm sure nobody's trading him to me uh, for what I'd be willing to give up right now, but. Yeah, I mean, if I was doing uh, like a dynasty startup, I would buy into Miles Sanders early. Like he, yeah, I think I think he's going to be very, very good. It's more of a startup, and then next year we're talking about him as as a first round pick, even in in redraft. Um, I will say one thing that is a little scary is the Eagles losing Brandon Brooks, probably one of the best yeah. guards, not the best guard in the NFL. Um, they did invest a fourth round pick in Jarek Driscoll. That I know he's a he's a rookie, but that they like at the guard spot. Um, but it's actually funny to bring up Brooks because he played at the Texans for so long and actually sees a lot of Arian Foster in Miles Sanders, which <laughs> why, you know, Foster didn't have the longest shelf life, but he had some years yeah. that were, were just unbelievable. If we can, if we can think back, he was another guy I don't think I had many shares of, but. And yeah, I those really years were Miles, fun when Arian was really oh, like, God. oh man, he was going they off. They were great, Yeah. <laughs> And, you know, sometimes the Eagles kind of get a bad rap of it's a committee-type offense, but I just think Doug hasn't had a guy yet, Doug Peterson. And I agree with that. You know, I don't... you saw it in KC. He's an Andy Reid disciple. He, he likes his – they like the running backs. Um, I think that he's been a committee guy because he's pretty much had to be a committee guy. Like like you said, yeah. I, they haven't had a player like him. They haven't before, had – yeah. Where they were almost yeah. forced into going by committee instead of feeding one guy. But I think he – I think he's a huge weapon just from scrimmage in general this year. I think he has an uptick in rushing, receiving, touchdowns, all of it. I definitely yeah. buy him being a stud moving forward. I think he wants to be the guy, too. He sees what Saquon's doing, a fellow mm-hmm. his Penn State counterpart. So, yeah, he also has that drive and wants to be the guy as well. But I did have this uh, one question from uh, somebody on Reddit that I clued you in on a little bit earlier. Uh, from Reddit user Waltz with Potatoes, which is an all-time name. I don't know. Oh, <laughs> it's right. fantastic. It says, I said, or I should say he or she says, I'm not sure. Hey, love the podcast. Not sure what you have planned for podcast content, but one thing I would be curious to get your thoughts on are some younger QBs to target in trades, not necessarily look rookies or stars like Lamar. 
but good depth pieces. My quarterback core is pretty old, and I'm on the lookout for those trades. Thank you, Hope All, as well. And, again, love the podcast. Well, thank you. I appreciate you being so kind to us. Um, Joe, you got any quarterbacks that you like that are potentially cheap guys we can add as depth pieces? I got I one. Do, I do. Yeah. I, I don't know um, – I don't know how cheap he is right now, but I almost kind of think Josh Allen and the secret might be out, but he's almost a Lamar light mm-hmm. um, in, in a way. Uh, I think he can even, even throwing too. even, I think he can go from 20 to 25 touchdowns. And I think with the rushing threat, I kind of, it's weird. I almost like him more as a fantasy player opposed oh, to an 100%. actual player. I, I a thousand so percent like, agree. <laughs> it's not like I love him, but. It's like if you just want if you just want a guy that can, you know, he might have some duds, but can go off on a game for you. I think it's going to be there. And like you said, everyone's going to run the ball. He's going to do options, you know, all that kind of stuff. Yeah, it, he's a hundred percent to me a much better fantasy quarterback than he is a, class, a real yeah. life quarterback. And I will die on the hill of any Buffalo fan telling me Josh Allen's better than Sam Darnold. I don't believe it. Stop. My, the young king, Sam Darnold, had mono. I don't want to hear about it. But mm-hmm. I would absolutely rather have Josh Allen in fantasy just for the rushing floor. Just for like, that. And it's I a cheat code. Like, it's a cheat yeah, code. It's it an absolute it really bank on it to make your quarterback have steady value. He's going to run the ball. Um, and you know, he's, he's going to score touchdowns, whether it's rushing or passing. And I also love opposite of what the jets have done for the past few years. Buffalo has gone out of their way to put talent around Josh Allen, whether it's running backs, whether it's trading for Stephon Diggs, whether it's, you know, buying or uh, signing offensive line players to put in front of him. Uh, they're definitely trying to do whatever they yeah. can to, to make it make work for him. him. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, I like it there. And, One guy um, that that I do like is uh, Jared Goff, and it feels like I feels kind of gross to say because I know he wasn't great last year, and I don't want to be like, uh, I, yeah, I like Jared Goff, but he finished just outside of being a quarterback. One, he still threw for forty six hundred yards. Like he, the last two years, twenty eighteen, the year that we all loved him. I mean. 32 touchdowns and 12 picks is what made him so great, but it was 4,688 yards passing, completed 64.9% of his passes. Last year, he completed 62.9% of his passes, 4,638 yards. The only difference is the touchdowns were off. It was 22 touchdowns. The picks were up a little bit. He had 16 picks as opposed to 12. But I don't know. That just kind of feels like a little bit of an outlier because even two years ago, he threw 28 touchdowns. So I think he comes back up and throws somewhere between between those two, 28 to 32 touchdowns, and is probably in that, you know, 10 to 13 or 14 picks. I just think if we were so quick to be like, oh, Sean McVay is a super genius and he has made Jared Goff a star, it's also too quick for me to be like, eh, it turns out Jared Goff stinks and is the guy that he looked like with Jeff Fisher. Like, yeah. I think that he's still going to be a good quarterback. I think he'll be better than what those numbers were last year. Maybe not necessarily in passing yards, but I think the touchdowns come up and the interceptions stay relatively flat or regress a little bit from where they were last year and get back to the year before that. Or in 2017, he only threw seven picks. So, I mean, there's a track record of him being able to do it. He's just hopefully got to get back to it. 
And honestly, whoever's rostering Jared Goff in your court in your league, in your dynasty league, if it's a one quarterback league, they probably feel gross about having Jared Goff because yeah. last year did not feel great. So if I was just <laughs> trying to, if I had an old quarterback or if I was like going into this year and like, I don't know, Phil Rivers was my guy or, you know, I'm, I'm Roethlisberger, some of these older guys, I would definitely take a shot on trying to add somebody like Goff late. If it's a one quarterback league, even if it's a super flex or a two quarterback league, Obviously, the value goes up then, but I don't think anybody who's rostering Jared Goff, I would say the majority of them probably don't feel great after last year, but I think that he definitely rebounds and kind of gets back to what we thought he was. I think so, too, and it's like you said, what do you got to lose? The owner's yeah. probably disgusted with it's cheap with enough, it's like... It's cheap enough, it's like, and you know, you, you have a chance, and I see no reason he can't get back to those touchdowns as well. Yeah. Um, even if it's not just through you're like, okay, Brandon Cooks isn't there, but I think Tyler Higby and uh, Everett at tight end both, you know, see an uptick in receiving touchdowns. Mm-hmm. But there's still plenty of weapons, Cooper Cup, Robert Woods, Van Jefferson. Like there's plenty of guys there that I think that offense can still be a weapon. Cam Akers hopefully replacing yeah. uh, Todd Gurley. So I don't know. I still buy LA and I still think I'm not ready to beat – beyond the Sean McVay is actually not good train. I think he's still a good yeah. coach and I think he'll help Jared Goff get back to what he needs to be. I think he will too. And it, it's funny because you, when we get back to him, a, a, a manager, maybe not liking him on the roster anymore. It almost kind of reminds me of a similar situation to Baker. Um, yeah. I wanted so much Baker last year. I didn't get him. Yeah. And you know, and now if you have them, you feel of, gross. And then you feel gross. <laughs> so I think, I mean, I, it could be an, an, an awesome opportunity, you know, buy oh, low. Would, cause, I'm all cause in I, on buy low on Baker. Yeah. That odor might, you know, just feel so gross. And again, what do you got to lose? Cause the hype train was there last year and you can almost argue they've upgraded this year. I think yeah. same, same you weapons, know, I, but they add Austin Hooper. They add Hooper, and now you get a you get a Jack full Conklin. year of that backfield. You know, yeah. I think that'll yeah. They're trying, and again, it almost like Josh Allen. They're trying everything. If it doesn't yeah, work 100%. this year, like it's just not going to work. But they're they're trying everything around them to make it yeah. happen. Definitely. Well, I appreciate you coming on, Joe, and talking about players that nobody will now trade us in any of the leagues we play in together. So. <laughs> If, secrets are if, out if we don't have shares of them we'll never get them you yeah, will never um, get them maybe there's a miles sanders for dj Moore in our future <laughs> <laughs> once we both get sick of the good things we have yeah the good yeah right <laughs> we've had enough <laughs> but i appreciate it and uh we're gonna talk to you again soon hopefully about sleepers and stuff in a couple weeks sounds good can't wait thanks man see ya Thanks again to Joey for joining me to have that conversation regarding players that we like to break out and take that next step in their fantasy careers. As always, appreciate everybody taking the time to listen to the show. I know we touched on it earlier, but follow the show on Instagram at the Dynasty Drive. Follow me on Twitter at Dynasty Drive. Like us on Facebook. 
DMs are open on all the social media accounts. Uh, like I said, we're going to do some mailbag type stuff coming up soon. Uh, before that, we're going to start working through some some dynasty rankings as it pertains to each individual position as well. Uh, and then within the next couple of weeks, we'll do some mailbag stuff. We're going to get into some sleepers, some busts, um, you know, run through the whole gamut of it. But send in any questions that you have. Leave those voicemails, 570-580-0694. Thank you again to Joey for joining me for that conversation. And I look forward to talking to all you guys again next week. Take care.